together. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, it, it's just awesome that God has chosen to uh, change our life radically. Huh? Right? I mean, how many of you could testify today that your life's better because of him? Right? And, and, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, it's not just... It's not just our life that's better. You know, I was thinking when uh, Stephen was talking about Fredo, uh, you know, I'm not going to say everything, you know, because that would be like a disclosure, break, breach of confidentiality or something. But he was, he was talking about Fredo and how, and, and Fredo's talking about how much better his life is. And, and I'm thinking how much better our lives are because of the people around us that God's had the liberty to work in their life. You know, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not just all about you. You know, there is this one incredibly large group, it, and, and I mean, it, it is huge. It's massive. It's the biggest group on the planet, which you cannot get membership in. 6.7 or 7 billion members, and you don't get to join it. It's a group called Others. And, uh, it, you know, with that in mind, you have to, just embrace the reality that not everything is about you. So even what God's doing in you ain't always about you, but it's to use you for others. You know, and, 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 and you know, and we, we just need to, to, to receive this revelation that, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I think we, 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 we kind of, we, we hyper-focus on, on the stuff that we're dealing with, and, and we, we lose sight of, of really the bigger picture, don't we? You know, we, we lose sight that, that God is doing something awesome, right? In Ephesians, it says that, that uh, we are his workmanship. I think a lot of us have tried to make him our workmanship. We're going to create a God that we like, but God's actually working on us. Right? And we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we might do the good work which we are created to do, taking the paths that he made ready to live the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. God's got this incredible plan for our life, but it also includes the good work. You know, the, the good work, you know, things that are good, are, the definition of good is something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. God's using your life. I'm telling you that if you'll let him, God will use your life to make the lives of others better. And if you really want to get on the nerves of people who don't like you, make their life better. Huh? You know, they, they, they just look at you and, and, they, and their skin's boiling, and you're just making their life better. I'm telling you, that, that, that's, that's what the Bible was talking about when it was talking about putting heaping coals on their head. It wasn't talking about burning their hair off. It's talking about, you know, doing something kind, you know, the coals that they could carry with them so that when they got home, they'd have a fire. You know, it's talking about blessing others. That, that our lives would, would be in, enriched to the point that, that you just can't help it but go around making other lives better. I think, I think if people get close to you, their life ought to be better. If people walk with you, they ought to get closer to God just because they're walking with you. Amen. Yep. Isn't that kind of what it's all about? That, that we would just receive this thing, that we'd no more be that old guy. That old guy's all about me. right? But if any man be in Christ... He's new. That old thing's going to die, and the new thing's coming to life, right? Fresh and new, fresh and new. And, 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 and I'm not like I used to be. That, that's what Paul was talking about in Romans 12 when he said, hey, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't be like the world here. Don't, don't, don't think like they think. You know, don't, don't, don't accept that. Don't, don't let the world shape you, but be transformed. 
right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's a lot better life. He said, because then you'll be able to prove the will of God is good, acceptable, perfect. That God, you know what? We need to get proven. To, uh, we need to prove to ourselves that God's will for our life is good. Amen. Amen. You, you, you might have some plans, but let me tell you something. They do not compare to God's plans. You know, God's will is good, and, and, and that regardless of what's happening you know, today, that, no, he's using all things together to work for my good, right? Cause, why? Because I love God, and I'm called according to his purpose, his plan. I'm living out his plan. I, I love Jeremiah 1.5 when it said, Before I formed you, I knew you, and I sanctified you, and I ordained you. It, it talks as if God had a dream about the future, and he saw where you would fit. And I mean, before he ever started shaping you, he knew where you were going to fit. Before I formed you, I knew you. And once I knew you, you know, uh, I, I started shaping you to fit in that spot. I sanctified you, which means you're different from everybody else. Right? Look at, look at, look at somebody and say, dude, you're different. Huh? You got stuff in you that we ain't got in us. Huh? You, 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 have, you have giftings and talents and strengths that uh, people around you don't have. And I know you're sitting, you're just right. Yeah. You know, when it, when it says, you know, I have strength for all things I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. You know, a lot of times the strength for all things is, is the people that God's put next to you. It's their strength now available to you because of the connection, right? Uh, remember where the Bible says that every joint supplieth, you know, it, well, there, sometimes without the joint, there's no supply. So, you know, uh, you, just got, you just got to get this thing, man. You know, that, that man, God's doing a work in us, and, and it's, it's just an awesome thing. And uh, God's, God's plan is the only plan that's, that's acceptable for us. Man, I ain't gonna accept, I'm not going to get talked out of this thing. I'm not going to accept some secondhand byproduct of a worldly mindset. You know, and I think a lot of times we're afraid, well, you know, we're just trying to fit in. Man, you've been empowered to stand out. I'm not talking about being freaky weird. I'm talking about having power that other people ain't got. Isn't it funny that the whole world, you know, if they follow, if they follow a lot of Christian mindset, a lot, of, a lot of church stuff, and, you know, we've been around the church. We're not, you know, I'm not trying to be mean, just want to be real today. But, you know, it's kind of like we've trained the world to come to the church looking for pity. When, when they need to be trained, to, this is where you come for power. Huh? This is where we come to connect to the power of God. Man, he's, a living, he, he's, he's alive and well. And, and we, 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 need to be, we, we need to be recognizing that a lot of times we get talked out of God's will and, and we get sucked over. And that's what he was talking about. Don't, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be changed. Be transformed. James said, if you'll receive with meekness the engrafted word, it has the power to save your soul. Meekness is not a timid, you know, uh, wimpified spirit. It's a teachable spirit. Uh, meekness just says, it's just, a, it's just an acknowledgement. I don't know everything. You know the hardest people to share revelation with? Church people. Right? Jeremiah 33.3, he said, call upon me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God said, if you call me, I'll answer. There were people at the Thanksgiving table this week, when you call them, they don't answer you. They call her ID you. Huh? Come on, Thanksgiving's a great time of the year. And a lot of people coming in from all over the countryside and sitting around the table. Some, some of those people, you know, you get to see them one time a year, and halfway through the turkey, you're going, that's way too often. 
Okay. You, you call them and they don't, they don't answer. God, God said, if you call me, I'll answer you. And I won't just answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know about. You know, there are different translations. Some say fenced-in things, uh, hidden things, secret things. It's talking about stuff you couldn't possibly know God knows. Well, it, how many of you know that God knows some stuff you don't know, right? I mean, you ain't got a clue. God's got the, the whole thing. Well, why aren't we calling anymore? Because we assume we already know. Man, we're supposed to be receiving with meekness, the, with a teachable spirit, the, the word of God, which is going to change the way we think, the way we feel, the way we make our choices, God's word. And that's, that's what Paul was talking about. He said, man, don't, don't be conformed. Be transformed. You know, we're on our way to change the world, which means we can't be like them. I don't want to fit in. Well, yeah, but we need to be relevant. Relevant it doesn't have anything to do with being like. Relevant is effective. Well, I guess I need to say that again. Don't we need to be relevant? Don't, don't you know, to be accepted? Man, I'm going to tell you something. If you've got the power to change, uh, you know, if you have the power to make it through stuff that they're struggling to get through, you're relevant. Right? That's relevant. Man, let me tell you what's irrelevant. Something that ain't going to make it matter. And, and a lot of times we get sucked into this mindset, this worldly mindset, that, and we end up not, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't want to build a church that if we close our doors down tomorrow, nobody in town besides us would care. No, we're going to change the stinking world. Amen. I said, we're going to change the world. I said, we're, we're going to change the world. We're going to have to let God change us then. We're going to have to stop allowing the stuff that's been shaping us to shape us and allow the hand of God, you know, uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, to have the ability to direct us. You know, uh, in, in the book, it says that for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, don't check out, girls. If, if, if I have to be the bride of Christ, you can be the son of God for just a minute. Okay. <laughs> Because because it, it's it's not gender, but there's a there's a there's a uh, there's a point there because there's two different Greek words for son. It's uh, technon and weos, and and it says for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the weos of God. Well, technon is a child by mere fact of childbirth. Weos is a child who demonstrates the characteristics of their father. So if, if we're going to be, you know, in order to be led by the Spirit, see, how's the Spirit work? Well, in, in John 16, it says when the Spirit comes, he, and I mean, you know, he has come now. He, Jesus was talking there, but now he's come. And he said when he comes, he's going to convict and convince the world and bring demonstration. He's going to bring conviction. Let me tell you how the Holy Spirit works through conviction. And, and, and in order to be directed by the Spirit, you have to be, you know, open to allow conviction to operate, and you have to let conviction bring direction. Right? See, you can't be hard-hearted. You can't be, can't be thinking that you know everything. You gotta, you gotta let, you gotta let the spirit tell you. You know, it's kind of like the tap on the shoulder, dude. What are you thinking? Stop. You know, Isaiah put it this way: You'll hear a word behind thee saying, "Walk this way." When you turn to the left or the right, a word behind thee. Oh, okay, back to the word. You got to know the word. If you ain't got no word in you, how's it gonna bring direction? Right? How's it gonna operate? Word behind you. That's not an angel sneaking up behind you, whispering. 
the word behind you is the word that you put in your life in the past that comes up in your present that unlocks the door to your future. Right? So you got, you got to have that word. How am I going to transform my mind by the renewing of my mind? How am I going to get that? It's through the word of God. And that's how I'm going to be able to prove that God's will is good, is perfect. That means I ain't missing nothing. You're not going to lose out if you serve God. Your life's getting better. Right? The rest of your life's going to be the best of your life. Ha! Here, we just had church. This is the most depressed you ever have to be again. This is it. From here, on, from here on out, it's just upward, right? Why? Because we got the Word of God, and our, 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 and our minds are being changed. And, and, and when we're changing the way we think, it's going to change the way we feel, which is going to change the choices that we make, which is going to change the habits that we produce it by the, because the actions are going to be different, and it's going to change the character that we have, and the character is what ties us to an end result. And, and I'm telling you that God's life plan for you is awesome. It's awesome. Look at Romans 12, 12. You know, how, man, we just got to embrace this stuff, go after it. You know, there, there's just, there's just uh, three things here I just want to talk about this morning. And it says, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble. That sucks. And keep on praying. Rejoice in confident hope, be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. Be patient in trouble. It's like we don't like that part. We get to that part. Okay, look, you know, we can maybe rejoice a little bit. And, and we, we, our prayer life is like whining and calling it prayer. And that, if we're going to do this thing right, we got to do it God's way, right? So let's look at some other uh, translations. Amplified says, be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. <laughs> That's awesome. Be constant in prayer. The CEV says, let your hope make you glad. Come on. You might as well get, you, you can get glad in the same pants you got mad in. <laughs> Come on, let's get glad up in here, right? Let, let your hope make you glad. You know, people who aren't glad, it's because they've been disconnected from their hope. I think the world out there, the people who don't know hope, are hoping that the people who know hope would actually have some hope. Right? People of no hope, hope the people of hope would know some hope. But the people of no hope run into people of hope. And it turns out sometimes they have more hope than the hopers have. Talk about confusing. When the no hopers have more hope than the hopers have. And you walk around with your hoper shirt on. I got hope. But you act like you don't know any hope. And you're just like people who don't know hope. But you're supposed to be the carrier of hope. We need to get reconnected to hope. Huh? We need, to, we, we need to be, we need to be, look at the NIV, joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Dude, it's weird how loud the HVAC thing is now. <laughs> Just saying. Let's talk about it for a minute. Rejoice in our confident hope. Look back at the New Living Testament again. Rejoice in our confident hope. That word rejoice means to, it's it's the word for thrive, okay? C-H-A-I-R-O, chairo. You know, you go to uh, 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 blueletterbible.org and you can open up the verses and you can can tear apart the words and there's a little button there, you can push it and they'll pronounce it chairo for you. 
Only I get to do it and spit on you. Okay. So thrive. To thrive. You know what? A lot of us act like we're just barely making it. Like if we're, if, if I hope I can survive. No, no. Your hope is not in surviving. Your hope is, in fact, you're thriving. Well, what does it mean to thrive? To be prosperous, to be successful, to be vigorously growing. Dude. Thrive in your hope. Let your hope thrive. You got that seed of hope when you got born again. That, 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 that the real life was dropped inside of you. How about you water that a little bit? How about you let that thing start growing on the inside of you and, and just begin to thrive in your hope? There's hope for your house. There's hope for your spouse. There's hope for your mind. There's hope for your body. There's hope for your money. There's hope for your kids. There's hope for your workplace. Come on. We're people of hope. I ain't talking about a little, little itty-bitty itty hope. I'm talking about a massive hope. I'm talking about a hope that just keeps growing. I mean, every day your hope is bigger. Well, you know, we don't want to give people false hope. Good Lord, give them some kind of hope. We're people of hope. And, 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 and you know what? Your hope is only as strong as the source is. So if you're hoping you have enough money to make it, you'll never have enough. Because your hope's in money. You know, if you're hoping on people, if it's in people, good Lord help you. Right? What are people going to do? What people do. You know, we're not infallible. We're going to screw up. We're going to mess up. We're going to crash your hope. But think about it. Our hope is in the author of hope. I'm going to get my own white hanky, man. Have me some church. My hope is in the author of hope who never falters and never fails, who declared the end at the beginning and isn't messed up because a middle happened. Your situation, God doesn't look at it and go, oh, me. Shoot, wasn't planning on that. Your, your, your current situation cannot divert the conclusion of God's plan. What the enemy intends for evil, God just reaches in and turns it and uses it for good. Here's the hope you got, is that regardless of your current situation, your final outcome is going to be better. That you're on your way to something amazing, right? Quit focusing on what you're going through and take a look at what you're going to. And let your hope rest in the author of hope. Let it thrive. Look at somebody and say, watch me thrive. Yeah, but I got challenges. You're not special. Everybody's got challenges. We've all got stuff. You know, I didn't get my promotion. <laughs> Quit your whining. Let your hope thrive. Right now, you're letting your fear thrive. Don't let fear thrive. Hate what is evil. Evil is, is, is the stuff that's coming to, to rob you of your health. Hate that which is evil. Hang on to that thing which, which is good, right? And I'll tell you what, you, you know, your hope is awesome. Well, the doctor said it's growing. My spouse said they're leaving. My checking book is leaking. Get some hope. We're all dealing with the same stuff. I'm telling you, we're all 
dealing with the same stuff. But God, it's not the absence of chaos. It's just more hope than despair. It's more peace. Not that, you know, we got more peace than chaos. It's not the absence of death. It's just we got so much life that life swallows up the death. Right? So we got this, this incredible hope. And, and hope, what, well, what is hope? It's a confident expectation. It, you know, it, he, said, he said, you know, rejoice in our confident hope. Don't lose your confidence. Come on, get a backbone. I'm not talking about arrogance, I'm talking about confidence. A lot of us really struggle in this thing. You know, well, I, you know, I, don't, want, I don't want to be arrogant. You just be beat up from the street. Come on. Get a backbone and just, just, just make a declaration. I'm not moving off my hope. I have a confident hope. Hebrews 10, 35, 36 says, Cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. You just need patience. After you've done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. Don't throw away your confidence. Look at verse 35. Don't cast away. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't let anything rob you of your confidence. Man, you know what? The greater your hope, the stronger your confidence. So start developing that hope. Let your hope thrive, and you, and you can be confident. You know, you, 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 just, you just stay on this thing, man. No, my hope is in God. God ain't letting me down. Yeah, but, but look at it. You don't know how many times when, when we were walking through the process of acquiring this facility, you have no idea how many voices said, well, that can't, that ain't going to work. That can't be done. You can't, God can't do that. Here we are, and we own it. But you don't know what I'm facing. <laughs> Get your confidence. What you're facing isn't the issue. The storm is not the issue. The challenge is not the issue is don't let your storm define you. What defines you is how you handle your storm, right? The same weight that can throw your back out can be used to make your back stronger. So obviously it's not the weight. It's how you handle the weight. Handle it with confident hope. We're people of hope. Come on. We're people of hope. He said, don't throw away your confidence. That's tied to your reward. Look at the next verse. You have need of patience. Patience is not the ability to wait a really long, 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 long time. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged regardless of time. Patience means that you don't, you change not, you don't bend, you don't, you don't move, right? Here's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to use circumstances to, to move you, to, to take you off of that. See, you're standing on, on the word of God, right? You got the word of God and the enemy's trying to talk you into letting go of that and, st- and standing on something that's contrary. Uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's talking about this, the foundation that you're standing on. You know, you got a little bit of word, you got a little bit of foundation. You got a lot of word, you got a, you got a bigger foundation. You know, any survivor fans in the room? You know, a bunch of liars. You're all afraid to raise your hand. No, we're Christians. We don't watch TV. Okay. But, 
you know, on Survivor, they have these challenges, and they, and they, and they uh, remember the one where they have the, they have the pole sticking up out of the ocean, and, and there's just, just this little platform about the size of this, and they, and they stand out there, and, and it's like, hey, all you got to do is stand. The last one standing wins, and get, okay, and here we go. And they put you out there, and you stand on the thing, and it's pretty easy at first. You know, everybody's looking around going, ah, I got this. And then the wind starts to blow because they're usually in some weird location, you know, and the wind's going to blow. It's kind of like you could stick a stick outside and stand on it any day of the week in Kennewick, and guess what? The wind's going to blow. Okay. And, and then the rain starts falling or the sun comes out or, you know, elements begin to change, and, and all of a sudden it, it, it changes everything, and, and, and they're just standing there on that little thing trying, trying to keep it going. And see, the, well, faith is the foundation you're standing on. So you're standing on that little platform. You, get, you, you know, you, you, got, you got your one verse, right? Jesus wept, and you're standing there, you know, because that's, that's the one that you know. You know it's in the book, and Jesus wept. And that's a horrible future, by the way. But uh, you, you, got, you, got that, you got that one little place that you're standing, but wh- what happens if you, if you start building your life and inserting more word, more space? You, you, got, a, you got a better foundation. You got a platform now. And you're looking over there at your fellow believer who's standing on the top of a toothpick. And, and, and you know, and you, you got a tabletop. And what the enemy's trying to do is chunk away at the foundation on which you stand. He's trying to get you to, well, I guess that's not true. You know, all my children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. Then you look at the way your kids act. And you have to make a decision. What's my hope going to be in? I hope they start acting better. That's not where my hope is at. Because we raised three of them. No, our hope is in the author of hope. And so we take on what he said, and we just need to remain unchanged. Right? Unchanged. Look, Look at somebody and tell them, stop changing. Start thriving. Amen? Come on. Uh, look, look at this thing. You know, Paul, Paul was in a bunch of storms. Uh, everybody who ever went anywhere with Jesus ended up in storms. Paul, Paul was in a bunch of storms. And in the, read it later, Acts 27. Uh, you know, they, they have, it's like the storm from hell. It's, it's like two weeks of, of solid, crazy storm. Uh, there's a total destruction of the ship. They had to swim to shore. When they get to shore, they're exposed to the elements and the cold and the rain. And then he's just trying to stoke the fire, and he gets bitten by a viper. About that time, a lot of us would go, well, I guess we made a mistake. We should have never done this thing. We should have never believed God. No, he just, he knew, he knew that the word of God, the promise of God was not dependent upon his personal comfort or favorable circumstance. He knew that that didn't change God's word. His hope was based on the fact that he knew God loved him that God was for him, and, and it didn't make any difference how great the adversity he faced. God still had a plan and a purpose. And it wasn't the storm that mattered. It was what's coming after the storm. And the storm was there trying to prevent him from getting to the place that God had called him. Right? So, so you got a large storm. Well, start rejoicing, thrive in your hope because you're going somewhere to do something awesome. Just don't change. Just don't change. You have need of patience. Check this out. Uh, Acts 20, uh, verse 22. Paul wrote this. He said, I'm going bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. And listen, I I love the way he he tells us. He says, I don't know what's going to happen there. Not sure what's going to happen. 
except uh, the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit doesn't lie? I, I don't know what's going to happen, except the Holy Ghost, who doesn't lie, said that uh, there's, there's bonds, uh, we're going to jail, and affliction are waiting for us there. I don't know what's going to happen in your future, but storms and all hell's going to break loose. Okay? But none of these things move me. Those aren't the things that move me. Trouble don't move me. You got to stop letting trouble move you. You got to stop letting circumstances make your decision. It's quiet up in this Presbyterian church. You, 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 you got to stop letting trouble dictate your move. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Rohi, right? Jehovah Rohi. I shall not want Jehovah Jireh. Ooh, I like that one. I want the Jireh one. The Jireh one comes after the Rohi one. Shepherd, the one who directs your step. Hello, somebody. You know what? Trouble doesn't get to dictate your life. If circumstances are on the throne of your life, you're serving the wrong God. And, and what, what, what he said is, you need to thrive in your confident hope, and you need to quit letting stuff change you. Okay? Don't, don't let circumstances make your decisions. Don't, don't let disappointment happen in your life. If your hope is in your spouse, there's a good chance you might be disappointed. If your hope is in your boss, disappointment. Disappointment. I love words. Dis is a prefix. It means to push or press out of. Appointment. What the enemy wants to do is use circumstances and situations to press you and push you out of your appointment. Your appointment is where your authority, your power is at. Right? Right? It's like the office of the president. His, it's an appointment. In that appointment, he's got a lot of power. Outside of that appointment, he's just like you and me. He can't do jack. But in that appointment, there's a... See, if you get disappointed in your spouse, oh, now you have no authority. If, doesn't the Bible say, if any two of you agree on earth is touching anything, whatever they ask of my father, it shall be done of them. You know, there, there's some power there. See, the enemy don't want you operating in that power. See, here's what's happened when you get disappointed with your kids. You're disappointed in your kids. You don't, you, you don't, you no longer have the, the power to speak life into that situation. You're outside of your appointment. And guess what happens? You're saying stuff. Some of it's good stuff. They're not receiving it. Why? Because you don't have the authority to speak into it. And what does that do? You, it causes you to become even more frustrated, more hopeless. Don't allow disappointment to be the result of a circumstance. No. I'm letting my hope thrive. So I'm not going to be disappointed. How many have heard Jeremiah 29, 11? Okay. Been around here very long. You're going to hear it, right? Look at it in the message. Look, check it out. I know what I'm doing. How many think God knows what he's doing? Uh, this is crazy. I, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Not to abandon you. Um, uh-oh. 
Think for just a minute. If you're hoping to barely make it, he said, my plan is to give you the future you hope for. Sucks to be you. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, if, if you just hope, man, I, I, I hope we can, you know, your, your prayer life is help us have a good day. Have a good day. That's your hope. If he's going to give you what you're hoping, listen, if he's going to give you what you're hoping for, my God, somebody, start hoping for something big. I'm not hoping we can fill the sanctuary when we get it built. I'm hoping that this process that we're in now never stops, that from this point forward, we just have to plant, you know, campuses, and we're going to have to raise up ministers, and we're going to have to, why? Because we're on our way to change the stinking world. You know, oh, I hope people will tithe. Are you kidding me? Our hope is bigger than that. I said our hope is bigger than that. He knows what he's doing, and he's going to give you what you're hoping for. That's kind of like a slap upside the head. Quit hoping for tiny stuff. Get a big, let your hope thrive. Let it thrive. Well, I, I hope me and my wife can make it through this last battle we just had. We, what, what kind of battle was it? We fought over the remote control. <laughs> God, sometimes we're so stupid. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you the future you hope for. Look at verse 12. When you call on me, when you come pray, he said, I'm going to listen. There it is again. I'm going to listen. Look at verse 13. When you come looking for me, you're going to find me. And when you get serious, don't you think it's time we got serious about this God stuff? I mean, look at what God's doing. This is serious stuff that God's doing. And, and the enemy, he ain't just messing around. He's serious. I'll get serious about God later. You're, the devil's serious about taking you out now. So it might be a good idea if you got serious Right about now. What would happen if a bunch of people said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to let my hope in the author of hope just begin. I'm going to let it grow vigorously. It's going to grow. It's going to get out of control, man. It's going to go nuts up in here. And, and I'm, I'm not going to let, no, I don't care what happens. I don't care what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. I'm not bending and I'm not moving off of this promise. I got a promise that my life is going to make a difference. I got a promise that the future is going to be bright and I'm going to go for it and I'm going to be serious about it and I'm going to find God. And look what he said. If you get that way, look at verse 14. It, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. You got God promising you that if you just get serious about this thing, I'm telling you, nothing's going to press you out of your appointment. You'll just get up every day to humiliate hell. I mean, just kick the devil right in the crotch. Bring it. Oh, you don't want to make the devil mad. Too late! He's not a happy camper. <laughs> oh, my God. He said, uh, you know, rejoice in your hope. Be patient in your trouble. One more thing. Keep on praying. That implies you started praying. <laughs> Which means you might want to hurry up and get up on the way. Okay. So, some of you guys, the, the biggest prayer you prayed was Thursday.
<laughs> you, got, you know, uh, uh, you can't whine and call that prayer. That fear-based prayer stuff, it ain't working anyways. Just keep it to yourself. Effective prayer is taking God's word into God's presence and getting to agreement with God on that word. Man, again, you got to get in a book. You, you know, uh, in the original text there, it, it actually says, be courageous in your prayer. Be, remember, we read, be faithful in prayer. Be faithful. That, this is a point. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to preach this point. It's a great point. I probably should preach it. I'm not going to preach this point, but I want to I tell you the point is that the, the word prayer there, go, go, go to BibleGateway. No, blueletterbible.org and break it down and look at the word prayer. It's not simply the action, but it's also the place. Synagogue. Church. Be faithful in church. Now, I'm not going to preach that point because I know what you'd think. Well, you're just a pastor and you just think we should. And I just want to choke you out for Jesus because <laughs> all we want is what's best for you. But you got to be courageous in your prayer. Hello, somebody. I said, you got to be courageous. You start asking God for stuff that blows your mind. He is able and to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could even ask or think or imagine. He, he, can, he can blow your mind, so quit. Stop with these stupid little things. First world country mindsets are so crazy. You're going to drive from here, you know, across town, and Jesus, keep us safe. You, you understand the danger that people in third world countries are facing because they serve Jesus? They're going to get drug out and get their head cut off. And you want to make it to the mall and get a parking spot. I th- I th- <laughs> I, I, you know, I just think sometimes we're nuts. We're intoxicated, you know, with, with, with this comfort lifestyle. And we need to be praying, my God, empower me to change my workplace. Open doors of opportunity. It, God, you, you know how much power is in the Word of God? I'm telling you, the power is in the Word of God. It's crazy. God, you, you could actually cause something to spill out of me. Just a couple of words. Remember when Peter got out of the boat and he's walking on water? He had one word. Come. He got on and started walking on that. God could use your life for radical change. Start getting courageous, asking him for crazy stuff. God, you know the family you put me in? A bunch of whacked out rednecks, moonshiners, loggers, and fighters. Let's, let's bring them all to the kingdom of God. I want my entire household saved. Get courageous. Instead of praying, Jesus, can you just help me make it through this day? I hope if I die, I make it to heaven. Oh, God, help me. It's not going to work. Keep praying. Check it out. A couple more scriptures. What time is it? 
I'm done. Let's go to Habakkuk. You got you to gotta read this one, okay? Habakkuk. Though the fig tree doesn't blossom and there's no fruit in the vine, though the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock is cut off from the fold, man, it sounds like our life, don't it? And there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will thrive in the Lord. I don't care what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. I'm going to thrive. Hear what they're saying. Man, it, it, I don't care what the world said. It, you know what? There's people in this room. You ought not be where you're at. Right? You shouldn't be on the front row serving God. You shouldn't be an intern. You should be a drug dealer. You should be dead on the side of the... That's the plan the enemy wanted you to go for. Right? You shouldn't be sitting here, you, you know, growing and, and courageous and, you know, fearless. You should be a little wimpy guy sitting in a corner feeling sorry for yourself because life's hard on you. You, you, you shouldn't be up in here. You know what? You, you should be dead because of the meth that you were addicted to, and that should have taken you out, and you guys shouldn't be married. You should be divorced, and you should be dead because of that cancer that was in your body. But no, the, no matter what it looks like, yet I will thrive, right? Come on, guys. You shouldn't be sitting here thanking God for what he's doing in your house. You should be serving Buddha. Hello, somebody. You, you, should be, you should be running drugs. You should be an alcoholic mess. You, hey, you're supposed to be dead. What are you doing taking up our oxygen? I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the neighbor says. I don't care what anybody says. I will thrive. Come on, somebody. Let's give God some praise up in here. Thank you, Lord. My God. Well, 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 I was hoping we could go to a real quiet Thanksgiving service. <laughs> Drink a little juice and have a piece of stale bread. That's later. We're going to thrive. Hello, somebody. Why don't you close your book, bow your head. I want to pray with you. If you're in this room right now, we're all going to pray a prayer together before we leave. And if you're in this room, I don't know, maybe you've never served God.